Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. And so it is only fitting uh, that I I minister to you tonight about the Holy Spirit. The last Wednesday that I had an opportunity to minister, I shared with you that you're not alone. You remember that message? Remember that lesson that you're not alone? And so tonight I want to extend, I want to um, expand upon this person of the Godhead who Jesus sent to help us, to comfort us, to, uh, to strengthen us, to help us to win in every in every situation. Are you ready for the word of God? Father, we thank and we praise you tonight. I trust in and lean upon the great mighty teacher who is the Holy Ghost. And I trust he, the Holy Spirit, that in the name of Jesus, that he would unfold truths, mysteries, revelation. And I thank you, God, that you will give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Do what only you can do. Give us a heart to understand in this crucial moment. People are dying. People are falling to the wayside. But somehow in your sovereignty, you have kept us and you have kept us for a reason. We are alive tonight for a reason. We rose up this morning for a reason. You kept us safe today for a reason. Driving down the road or walking through a a neighborhood, you kept us safe. You kept us on the right side of the road and people that we did not even know on the other side of the highway, you kept them in their lane. You preserved us. You protected us. You kept us. You You kept us from seeing an unseen danger and you did it for a reason and you have brought us to this place this providential moment for such a time as this so now we yield we yield to the Holy Ghost we yield to him we set aside every weight and every care that we might hear what the Spirit of God is saying And go from faith to faith and from glory to glory and from victory to victory. And we'll do it all in the name that is above every name. That is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? And would you say amen again? Praise the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and do it this way tonight. Let's go ahead and put up uh, our nuggets of truth. Nugget number one, please. And... We will get started. Are you ready, class? Are you ready, class? I can't hear you in your living room. I can't hear you in your dining room. Say it loud. Amen. As a, as a spirit-filled believer, come on, say it. Let's say it together. Ready? Read. As a spirit-filled believer, <clears throat> you have all of the power you will ever need to win in this life. Let's say it again. As a spirit-filled believer, 
You have all the power you will ever need to win <coughs> in this life. Come on, let's say it one more time. As a spirit filled, as a spirit full, as a spirit overflowing believer, you have all the power you will ever need to win in this life. Isn't that powerful? Nugget number two, please. If God, come on, let's say it together. If God is on my side, if, if God is on my side, if he's on your side, give him a praise for just a second and thank him. Glory to God that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that God, hallelujah, is on your side. If God is on your side, then I am sure to win. If God is on my side, I don't care if it's 10 to 0 and it's the ninth inning and it's the last batter. Oh, glory to God. If God is on my side, I am sure to win. Let's cut it short tonight. Let's just go to nugget number three and let's just call it an evening. Ready? Nugget number three. God lives and dwells in us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good God of mercy. What in the world do you have to be sad about? With all that power you got on the inside of you. Why are you looking like you're going to be defeated? With all that power you got on the inside of you. You better recognize glory to God. That the power of God is on the inside of you. Good God of mercy. The New Testament. The New Testament, it gives us three relations that God sustains toward man. The New Testament gives us three relations that God sustains. Sustains just simply means that God will always hold you up. Sustain just simply means that God will always support you. If you turn left, God will support you. Hallelujah. Even when you make a mistake and you cry out to God, he'll lift you up, put you on the right road and support you to your purpose and your destiny. God will sustain you. Come on, say that. God will sustain me. Glory to God. He'll hold me up. Yes, he will. He'll support me. Glory to God. I've made it this far because God has supported me. Hallelujah to Jesus. The New Testament gives us three relations that God sustains toward man. Number one, God is for us. Number one, God for us. Number two, God with us. So God is not only for us, God is with us. God is not only for us and God is not only with us, but God is in us. Good God of mercy. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. So God is in me. God is uh, with me. And God is in me. Good God of mercy. How can you lose with God on your side? God is for you. You don't have to question how God is voting. God is always voting, amen, to your advantage. God is always cheering you on. God is always saying yes. It's yes and amen. Are you listening to me? 
I said it's always yes and amen. If you hear God say no, it's still yes, but it's no for right now. Are you listening to me? That is just no for right now. And you got to know that the delay is not denial. God has heard your petition. And just because it hasn't manifested yet, that doesn't mean that God said no. God is yes and amen. That just simply means that at that appointed time, that thing is going to manifest and there's nothing the devil can do about it. Why? Because God is for you and God is with you and God is in you. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Can somebody say amen to this truth? To have God, listen to this, to have God for us just simply means that we're guaranteed to win. That we are guaranteed to win. God is for us. That means in every situation, in every circumstance, God has guaranteed us that we will win. Can somebody say amen? Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, real quick. Many of you know perhaps my favorite chapter, uh, favorite book, one of my favorite books, and certainly chapter 8 is, I think, is my favorite chapter. Look at chapter 8. Real quick, verse 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? What things? Anything that'll come against me. What things? Anything that'll try to stop me. Are are you listening to me? What thing? Any obstacle to get in my way. Anybody who's speaking bad against me, trying to curse me. You can't curse what God bless. Anything. Are you listening to me? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you have just declared early on that God was on your side. Well, if God is on your side, amen, you don't need anybody else on the team. If you got God, you got the quarterback, you got the running back, you got the defensive end, you got the tackle, you got the guard, you got the wide receiver, you got the strong safety. Glory be to Jesus. You got every, you got the full back and any other kind of back. Glory to God. If you got God on your side, you got everything you need to win. Hallelujah. So no matter how dark or difficult the situation may be, We are calm. Why? Because we have the assurance that God is with us and God is for us and God is in us. And as a result of those threefold manifestations, we know that no matter how difficult it looks, no matter how how hard it may seem, that at the end of the day, we're going to win in every situation because God is on our side. And I prophesy over your life that COVID-19 cannot take you out of here. You got too many things to do. So if you're battling with COVID-19 tonight, I declare in the name of Jesus, I command that disease, that sickness, that virus to take up its weapons and flee to get up off of your physical body because you got too many things to do. You've come too far. So I command you in Jesus name to rise up from that sick bed, to rise up from that infirmity. Amen. And stand strong in the Lord because the Lord God is with you. Amen. He's for you and glory to God. And he's on your side. Hallelujah to Jesus. Is this blessing anybody tonight? So no matter what it looks like, we're calm with assurance that we will win. 
And that's what causes the world to look at us and think we're strange or peculiar. Because while their palms are sweating and they're doing all kinds of things, some cases even taking their lives, they're worried and concerned. Some people confronted my wife and I one day and they said, aren't you all worried? We said, no, we're not worried. They said, you're not worried? We said, no, we're not worried. Are you listening to me? No, we're not worried. That doesn't mean we understand everything. And just because we don't understand some things that are going on, it doesn't negate the fact that we still will trust God. There's a whole lot of situations that I don't quite understand, but it doesn't stop me from trusting God. Because even though I'm in a situation that I don't understand, it does not negate the power of God. He's still God. And because he is still God, I can still trust him. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anybody? Look at Hebrews chapter 8 real quick. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. I want you to see something. This is why we are excited. This is why we win in every situation. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that we have a better covenant. Look at verse 6. But now he has obtained or he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Ooh, Jesus. So as people of God, we have a better covenant today. We have a better covenant because it was established on better promises. Uh, under, the, under the covenant of the Old Testament, or the covenant of, of Moses, or the law of Moses, look at this. God was for Israel, and God was with Israel, but God was not in them, not under the old covenant. Under this new covenant, we have God not only uh, for us, and not only with us, but under this new covenant, God is in us. Hallelujah. Do you see it? I said, do you see it? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, God was for and with Israel, but for the people of God, for the believer under this dispensation, God is not only for us and with us, but God is in us. So wherever we go, we don't have to look for God. Wherever we go, he's there. Hallelujah. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? Let me get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's look together at verse number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Look what Paul says to the church at Corinth. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the spirit of God. Come on church. What about the spirit of God? That it dwells in you that the spirit of God that it dwells in you so our bodies is the temple of God thank God for this physical building but that's not where God dwells God dwells in us are you listening to me when, when, when we walk out of this building it's, it's just a building hallelujah we bring the presence of God Why? because the presence of God is in us it's with us are, are you all listening to me? 
Now let's look at verse number nine, uh, chapter six, verse 19. Same, cha- uh, same book, but chapter six, verse number 19. Or do you, notice what he says, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body. Come on, put your hands on your body, on your physical body. God says that your body, your physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God. So so your recreated spirit is it resides inside of this physical body. Your physical body is not your recreated spirit. Your recreated spirit resides on the inside of your physical body. Oh, Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, God only done one thing and then he required of us to do two things. God does one thing. He requires us to do two things. When we cry out to Jesus and and believe in our heart, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that we shall be saved. In other words, we're born again. What's born again? And notice also Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, what came became new? Uh, it wasn't your mind. It, it, it's clear it wasn't your mind because the, the, same, the same apostle who told us about what to do uh, uh, in terms of becoming born again, he's also the same apostle who told us what to do in terms of doing something with our minds. And not only did he tell us to do something with our minds, he told us to do something with our bodies. So when the spirit of God came in, he didn't do anything with your mind and he didn't do anything with your body. The thing that was recreated like God was your recreated spirit. That's the part of you that is eternal. Your recreated spirit. That's the part of you that is like God. And it wants to dominate your life. It wants to control your life and direct your life. But for that to happen, you have to you have to exercise control of your physical body. Well, you can't exercise uh, control of your physical body until you renew your mind. Because as a man thinketh in his mind, in his heart, so is he. So whatever you're meditating on, you're going to send that, that, that information, that signal, that command. It's going to come out of your mouth. Your body is going to comply. And there you go. So Paul says, yes, you're born again. Notice to the church at Corinth. He never said they were not Christians. They were fornicating. They were in adultery and doing all kind of ungodly things. And Paul never said that they were not Christians. As a matter of fact, one man uh, was doing something so, so ungodly. Uh, uh, Paul said, we're going to pray for the destruction of his body, his flesh, that his soul might be saved. Are you listening to me? Then in third John, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? So the only thing that God is addressing to the church that 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 is our responsibility is that we have to do something with our heart. We have to do something with our soul. We have to do something with our minds. And the word of God said that we have to renew our minds with the word of God. And then Paul talking to the church at Rome, he said, you have to do something with your body. He said, you have to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
So everything that the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through the life of the believer, it is not through your mind. God doesn't talk to your soul. God doesn't talk to your soul. And God doesn't talk with your body. God communicates with us with our recreated spirit because God is spirit. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? That is the part of you that is eternal. Your recreated spirit. I hope this is helping somebody to see this truth. I said, I hope this is helping somebody to see this truth. Are you in chapter six, verse number 19? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Come on, put that verse up there for me. Verse 19. Look at it in your Bible. Or do you not know that your body, your body, your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit? He's in you. God is in us by the person of the third person of the Godhead. Are you listening to me? Whom you have from God and you're not your own. You're not your own anymore. So when you give your life to Jesus, you give up your rights. You, you, you submit your will to the will of God. Even Jesus did it to show us the pattern. He said, I don't do what I want to do. Even Jesus said that. He said, I'm not walking in the earth doing my thing. I only do what I, what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Good God of mercy. Oh, I'm going to mess up your theology. Jesus didn't even say that he healed anybody. Everything he did, he did it by the power of his father. By the command of his father. He didn't do anything unless he saw his father do it. He didn't say anything unless he heard his father say it. He said, my will is to do the will of the one who sent me. That's why before I came out tonight, I was back in the back just, just having a personal examination because the song kept saying over repetitiously, everything I have belonged to God. And I had to deal with that, not with you. I'm not asking you to examine me. I examine myself and I'm saying this out of my mouth. But man, it's stirring up my spirit, man. And I'm saying something and I'm examining, is this really the truth? You know, we, we say a lot of things that are not true. You know, I mean, we say we love God and that's not true either. Because the Bible says that if you love God, you'll obey him. You can't love something and don't give it something. Matter of fact, the first thing that happens when you stop loving or even start feeling like you don't love something, you stop giving. And everything, come on, say it, everything. You, see, everything connected to God gives. That's one of the signs that we're connected to him. Because when it comes time to honor him with the tithe and the offering, we don't get sad, we get joyful. Why? Because that's how we live. We live as a result of seed, time, and harvest. The world invests in stocks and bonds. The people of God sold in the kingdom of God. 
And as a result of sowing, we also are, are blessed and in position by God. He said, if you sow, you shall also reap. And then he said, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, oh, Jesus. So we have a better covenant established on better promises. Wow. 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 No wonder the Bible says that all things are possible to him that believe. No wonder the Bible says that. The Bible says that all things are possible. To him that believe. And I'm under the conviction. That if everything I have. It belongs to God. Then I have no struggle. In believing God for anything. Because there's nothing in the way. Between me and my Lord. There's nothing in the way. I can come boldly. Before the throne of God. And obtain mercy. Why? Because therefore there is no condemnation. Notice the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk uprightly. That means there's nothing in my heart between me and my God. And if there's something in my heart between my God and I, all I have to do is repent, is lay that thing on the altar. I mean, you might be all of that and some, but you're not worth my relationship with the God of heaven and earth. Oh, Jesus, I'm teaching better than you shouting in your living room. So there is no reason for you to be. Listen to me. There is no reason for you to be taken by satanic forces of any kind. Quit buying the lie. Nobody can curse you. You're blessed. Are you listening? to? Can nobody put a hex on you or a vex on you? Are you, when you when you received Jesus into your life and made him your personal Savior and Lord, you were instantly delivered from generational curses. The blood of Jesus has set you free. I don't care what happened to mama. I don't care what happened to grandmama. I don't care what happened to grandpa and great grandpa. I'm walking in the blessing. Why? Because God is with me. He's for me. And he's in me. And I win in every situation. Somebody ought to get happy here. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. And while you're turning, let me go ahead and just do it real quick. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Good God of mercy. I'm not against crying. There's a place for crying. But when the devil is kicking you in the behind, that ain't no time to cry. That's the time for you to stand up and declare your rights in Christ Jesus. You got to do just like Jesus when the devil tried to give Jesus trouble. Jesus said, it is written. And you have to do the same thing. When the devil tries to attack your body, he tries to attack your mind. He tries to attack your family. He tries to attack your son. He tries to attack your daughter. You have to rise up and declare the word of the Lord. For the word of God will defeat him every time. So the, the word says for, for the spirit of God, for greater is he that is what? In us. Where? In us. For greater is he that is what? 
in us. Notice that he's in us. I can't overemphasize that. Notice in 1 John 4, 4, it says the B part, that greater is he uh, that is in us. Notice that the power of God is in us. What is in us? What is in us is the person, the third person of the Godhead. He's in us. I cannot overemphasize that. He's in us. He's where? He's in us. Don't get offended. But that just simply means God is not dwelling in this building. I mean, we honor the building. We don't disrespect this place that we have designated as a place to where we have a rendezvous and an encounter with God. But, but God's not in this brick and mortar. God is in us. You tear this building down and the church is still alive. That's why with COVID-19 and people are not able to assemble in a particular building, that didn't stop the church. If you believe that, you're blind. The devil can't stop the church. COVID-19 or 18 or 16 or 21 can't stop the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. Why? Because the world thinks the church is the physical building. But those who have revelation knowledge about who they are in Christ Jesus, we know that this building is not the church, the people of God. We're a live stone. God is building his church with living stones. Good God of mercy. And wherever we go, the church is there. You can't stop the church. You can't stop this mighty move of God. And maybe, just maybe, for this season, God has allowed the doors to be shut so that the real church would go. You got too comfortable being in this brick and mortar. And God didn't call us to stay in here. It's okay to come and assemble and get our batteries charged. But we don't get our batteries charged and then just sit down on the pew. We're to go into the highway and the byway and tell people about Jesus and compel them to come. Not to the brick and mortar, but come to Jesus. Good God of mercy. Oh, God. Somebody done got excited in here. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anybody? So God doesn't dwell in a building. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. But God don't dwell in no building. When we walk out of this building, it just becomes a building. Good God of mercy. Oh, God. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, if I come to your house in the name of the Lord and you receive me in the name of the Lord and we can get a child in the house that's got good sense to agree that we've come together in the name of the Lord. The Bible says that I'll be in the midst. So that means you don't have to wait to get to church to have church. Oh, God. We are the church. We are the church of the living God. Let me close. 
because I said, didn't I say earlier on I wouldn't be long? Well, I didn't say it. Well, I, I wanted to say it. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said it. But at any rate, let's go to John chapter 14 as I try to bring some kind of uh, conclusion to this. As a spirit-filled believer, you have all the power you will ever need to win in this life. And there's one thing that devil is mad and nervous about tonight. He is nervous tonight about you as a child of God that you might, your eyes might come open to how powerful you are being filled with the spirit. And I'm not making fun of any denomination or church or people, but I just want you to know that, that, that it's more than just you speaking in tongues. It's more than you 10 or 15, you all getting together and everybody go to speaking in tongues. God had, listen, God had more than that in mind about you being filled with the Holy Spirit. The bare fact that, you're, that you've been filled with the Spirit of God, that means the very power of God is on the inside of you. This dunamis power. And wherever you go, wherever you go, the miracle working power of God can be released at any moment. If you would just acknowledge that you're the church and not wait to come to church. Stop waiting to come to church to see a performance. Wherever you go is a performance. Potentially. Wherever you go, potentially blinded eyes can open. Wherever you go, potentially demon possessed people can be set free. Wherever you go, church, potentially eyes, blinded eyes can open. The lame can walk. The deaf can talk. And the dead can be raised and live again. Wherever you go as the church. Because if this same power that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, touch three people and tell them you're more powerful than you know. Come on, tell them. Touch three people and tell them. Amen. You're more powerful than you know. Come on, touch three people and tell them you're more powerful than you know. If you're by yourself, touch yourself three times and tell yourself, I'm more powerful than I know. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So John 14, you there? Let's close. John 14, our time is gone. John chapter 14. Are you there tonight? Thank God you speak in tongues, but it's, it's more than that. I said it's more than that. I said it's more than that. It's more than that. And that power is for more than you just standing around shaking. It's more than you, your hand shaking. Shaking your hands don't mean nothing. Jesus didn't shake his hands. Now, I'm not knocking folks that shaking their hands, but Jesus, you don't read anywhere in the Bible where the Bible said he, his hands were shaking. He would just tell the devil, you know, he would just declare something. Take up your bed and walk. Be healed. 
Are you listening to me? So let's, let's not get spooky. Let's stay spiritual. Let's stay Bible. Are you in, are you in John chapter 14? Look at verse number 16, 14, 16. Look, look what Jesus said. He says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another, another, another. That means something else is coming. In other words, Jesus said, it's not me. It's something else. It's another. And I'm going to pray the father. Look what he says. Look what he says. And I will pray the father and he will give you another. Look how confident Jesus was. He, he, he said, I think so, I hope so. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father. And because I know my relationship with the Father, that if I ask him anything, he's going to do it. So I'm going to pray to the Father. And what you going to pray? I said, what, you gonna, what are you going to pray? And I said, what, 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 what are you going to pray? Look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. Some of your translation says comforter. And he will give you another helper or comforter. Why? That he may abide with you forever. So, so now you're getting a clear picture. The disciples didn't understand it initially when Jesus told them that it is better. It is to your advantage that I go away. Somebody saying, well, what can be better than actually you know, physically being with Jesus. But Jesus told the disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away. Oh God, why? Because I can only walk with you. But I'm going to send another. Good God of mercy. Because I know, I know the challenges and I know what the devil's going to try to do when I leave. And I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm not going to leave you defenseless. But I got to go. You don't understand it right now, but the day is coming. They're going to beat me and they're going to crucify me and they're going to hang me on a tree and they're going to put me in a tomb. But on the third day, I'm going to get up. Are you understanding me now in Hebrew? When it said we have a better covenant established on better promises. Can you hear me tonight? I said, do you hear me tonight? He said, I, I, he says that it's better for you that I go away. They didn't understand it. Because they, they couldn't conceive that he was talking about his crucifixion. You remember in John, John chapter 20, where Jesus was dealing with Mary Magdalene. You remember the ex-prostitute? You remember the, the lady of the night who met Jesus? And when she met Jesus, she stopped being a lady of the night and started being a lady of the day. In John chapter 20, you remember when Jesus, he was coming out of the tomb, he saw Mary Magdalene and she ran and tried to touch him. And he said, touch me not. He said, touch me not because I have not ascended to my father. He was acting according to Hebrews about the covenant. He was acting and he had positioned himself to be our great high priest. You remember the Old Testament was types and shadows. Where once a year, the high priest would go in and pour out the blood on the mercy seat of God. But Jesus is our great high priest. Are you listening to me? I said, he's our great high priest. We have a better covenant. Why? Because we have Jesus. We have a better covenant. Why? Because we have a better great high priest. And Jesus told Mary Magdalene, he said, don't touch me yet. Don't touch me. For I have not yet ascended. That just simply means that he, she couldn't touch him and contaminate him. 
He had to take that precious blood that wasn't contaminated and pour it out on the mercy seat of God for your sins and my sins. And we stand here today, amen, as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, all because of our great high priest. And so Jesus said that it is to your advantage that I go away. And when I go away, I'm going to send you a helper, a comforter. Look at verse 16. That he may abide with you forever. So as a spirit-filled believer, I end where I started. And that is, as a spirit-filled believer, you have all of the power you will ever need in this life to win. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.